Well, praise God. All right. Well, we're at the last words of King David. Not that this is the end of Saul, not the end of Samuel, this, not that these are the, the, where David dies, but this is the last words of David. This is the section right before you get to the appendices in the book of Samuel. This is where we get to David's last thoughts before he's getting too old, his mind starts going and this is this poem represents his legacy to the, the people of Israel. This great king, this king with his faults. We've spent a lot of time on his faults. But he was he's still considered the greatest king of Israel. And this is his last final prophetic word, his oracle. And it reminds me, as I read through this, it reminds me of those passages like in Genesis chapter 49 when Jacob gathers his family around and gives his last words to his sons. Or when Moses speaks in, to, to the people of Israel in Deuteronomy 33. Or when Paul says words to the church in, in Ephesus in Acts chapter 20. This has this, this weight to it. I am about to... This is my final real act as king, is to give you these words. These words, and in the, the beginning of verse 1, it says, These are the last words of David, inspired utterance of David, son of Jesse, utterance of a man exalted by the Most High, a man anointed by God of Jacob, the hero of Israel's songs. Wow, that speaks highly of David, doesn't it? After all his faults, because we tend to get focused on all that, right? He says, this is the man who's, we have four things that begin this passage on this oracle, this, 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 med, this poem. Four things that introduces us to, to David. Once again, it says he's, he's humanly, he's the son of Jesse. It says he exalted, he's David's life was exalted by the Most High. He was lifted up by God of Jacob, by the God of Abraham, by the God. He's the, the God above all other gods, the Most High God. David was exalted, lifted up by this God. It says David was anointed. Anointed. He was man anointed by this God. Now, anointing means that you have a specially prepared olive oil poured over a person's head to authorize them as representative of God. It symbolizes that they are divinely enabled with the presence of God. Equipped to carry out God's task for them. So David, he's, he's exalted, he's anointed, he's, he's human. But he's also a singer. Israel's song, is this David is to represent not just his song, but all of Israel's song. 
And we know, we know David as a, a poet and a singer. I mean, first time we're meant to, we, one of the first times we hear about David is he's playing the harp for the former king. 73 of the Psalms are accredited to David, more than any other person. And it says, this is David. And these words don't just come from David. They're inspired. That means they come from the Lord. God speaking through the anointed king. God's word on his tongue speaking out. And what does he choose to speak on? And all things he could have chose to speak on. He tells them, what you need to look for in the next ruler, in the next leader. And as we see on this, we see these qualities of a godly leader. We could take this into our own lives because not only do we need to be looking for this in the people we choose to have leadership over us, and we have a blessing in this nation that not, that not every nation has, though lots of them do, we have the blessing and the responsibility of voting and i know some of you already well i've already seen some of those political ads out there you know it's only going to get worse we got till next november to put up with this right we have that responsibility and so we have to be looking for the leaders i'm not going to tell you who to vote for but we have to be looking for the leaders not just president Mayor, governor, senate, house, our leaders, our leaders to represent us. We have to be looking, but not just them. We have to be leaders in our own homes, in our own communities, in our own places of work, in our own schools, in our own gyms, in our own, at the grocery store, and, and how you're driving around if you're driving around cutting everyone else, giving glaring, you are not being a leader in your community. And we're called, we're called by God to be the priesthood, a blessed priesthood. If you have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've been called to be the chosen priesthood. You are a leader. How big your circle is depends on God. But you are a leader. And so he says, we're supposed to be looking for these qualities in the leaders we choose and the leaders we are, whether you like it or not. The future leaders of this. And he has three things. You know, some of you have lists. If you're like going to make a list, you have like a list a mile long. For some of you, it's a wonder you ever got married. You got your list so long. He only says three things. Three qualities you need to look for in the leader. The first thing, 2 Samuel 23.3, the God of Israel spoke. The rock of Israel said to me, the one who rules the people with justice, who rules in fear of God. So all those things are right there. 
Right off the bat, he says three things. The first thing we often overlook, because we want to skip right to the one with, with, who, who, who rules with justice, but it's, it's humility. That's the first thing we need to be looking for is humility. David realizes, and now this is hard for a lot of people in leadership positions. He realizes he is not the rock which God, the nation is built upon. He could have been tempted to do that. And in that time period, most kings believed that. They believed that they were the rock that with their nation was built upon. It was them that their gods had chosen. Maybe even their gods had divinely entered into them and become, they, they themselves had become gods. But David here, the rock of Israel said to me, implying, I am not the rock. He's a shepherd. He's, but the rock that which the nation stands upon is not David. It is the God of Israel. And when we as leaders in our homes or bigger circles or in bigger circles, our temptation is to say, well, you know what? This place would fall apart without me. I'm the place that you guys can't survive without me. And then we don't even want to let someone else uh, in. Because, you know, you guys can't make it without me. I mean, and look at some of the leaders we have chosen to elect. They very much have refused to give up power. I mean, we got people in the Senate that are in nursing homes. And I'm not talking whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. Both sides of them got them. We have to be able to say, I am not what is important here. If I'm going to be the leader in my home, if I'm going to be a leader in my community, it's not about me. And that's hard for us. Because our temptation is to make things about ourselves. It's, but it's not about me. It can't be about me. It has to be about God. And God, David, he, even as he is recognized as the greatest king of Israel, even though he's at all these faults, he has to recognize his faults. But he has to say, it's not about me. And as you look through the history of Israel, you're going to see some kings that are good at this and some kings that are really bad at this. We have to say, it's not about me. Humility. Humility isn't saying I have no healthy boundaries and let people run all over me. That's not humility. Humility is saying it's not about me. Especially in the role of leadership. It's about those 
who we're leading. You say, well, I'm not leading. Yes, you are. Someone is looking at you. Whether you're in the grocery store or driving down the highway, people are looking at you, which makes you a leader. But he doesn't end there. He doesn't just say with humility. He says a worthy leader is just. In contrast to kings of the country surrounding Israel, the king must, uh, must hold himself to high standards and treat people with justice. Now we're still, thousands of years after David, we're still living in a place where justice is more for some than for others. Where justice could be bought. Where favoritism happens in your, in your fam. Don't raise your hand at this one. How many of you had kids that were your favorites? Don't raise your hands. I don't want to know. Justice is for all. And it must be for all. So a king, a leader, in your home or in the government or everywhere else in the church must be seeking justice for all. Those who have a voice and those who don't. Those who stand out and those who don't. We must be seeking justice. I'm not talking about just fairness. Fairness is a myth. Justice. God is a just God. Never said he's a fair God. He's a just God. And he loves you. And he wants justice for you. Which means when we do wrong, our just desert is the punishment of death. But yet, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us to take away the punishment of that sin. To take away so that He may claim the justice we deserve. He's a just God. And He wants us to be just as well. Doing what is right Giving grace where we can give grace. Giving mercy where we can give mercy. But also holding to truth. Just. So we've been called to be humble. We've been called to be just. And we've been called to have the fear of God upon us. The fear of God is where it all comes from. 
It's where it stands upon. If you are just a humble person, but you have no fear, then you won't be a just person. If you have just justice, then you won't be humble if you do not have the fear of God. It must stand upon the fear of God, which means that we must have God in us, working in us, and be our center. I like the way it is stated here in verse 4. A leader who fears God is like the light of the morning at the sunlight. Wow, on a cloudless morning. Like the brightness after the rain that brings grass from the earth. How poetic, how... But person who fears God, a leader who fears God is not just about bringing opportunities to oneself. It is a person who brings life to those around them. Bringing life to those around you. We as leaders must bring life to those around and giving opportunities for people to grow and become more than that they are. Brightness after the rain. An environment where people can flourish. A good leader doesn't just look out for themselves or the people close to them. Nepotism. But it wants an environment where people they are responsible for can grow and have life and take life and drink from that streams of living water. And this is something that a lot of leaders struggle with because they don't want people to grow because they're afraid of losing their power basis. Happens at home. You don't want your children to over, over get bigger than you, right? Happens at churches. Well, I don't want someone to come and take my place at the church. Happens in government. We're not going to go there. It happens. But if we're a good leader, we're excited when someone grows and becomes more and has life. A good leader is always training their replacement because they know that that's how they get to the point where they have life. And you look forward to the day when they, you're not leading anymore. And David knows that he has done a good job in areas of this, and some he's not done a good job. But he knows that a leader will seek the Lord. And he says that my house is right with God. Even though he's had all those issues, he's made amends with God. He's gone through the process of hyssop. That purification process. He says, if my house were not right with God, surely he would not have made 
with me an everlasting covenant. Now, we forget that covenant. We talk about the, the covenant of Noah. We talk about the covenant of, of, uh, of Jesus. But David's covenant was a covenant that through you, the Messiah is going to come. Your house is going to live forever, going to reign forever. Now, as a king, he wants a physical reign for all, of, you know, he wants his kids to be in, power, in control forever. That's, that's his earthly side seeking. But God fulfills this in Jesus Christ. Jesus comes through David's line. In a place called Bethlehem. Why is he in Bethlehem? Because David's from Bethlehem. From the line of Judah. Not from Levi. Why? Because David's from Judah. And so, he says, you've made an everlasting promise with me. And it's because my house is right. Even though I've had all these problems, I have hope. Because I've been made Pure before God. His salvation is with me. And therefore, Jesus. And Jesus is the one who has come to give us that life. Jesus has come to give us that light. Jesus is the one who comes to, to become the ideal king in our lives that we're supposed to be following after. The coming of the perfect king, rooted in that unbreakable promise, arranged and secured in every pot by God. How beautiful is that? And as I wrestle with, what do I do with this? As the leader of my home, I must, as I think about my next steps, the first thing I have to say is, is one, am I... Am I having those qualities? Am I seeking justice for those? Am I humble before God? Am I? Do I have the fear of God upon me? The fear of God is what's going to keep you from doing silly things like sinning. If you're going around breaking his covenant all the time, you know you don't have the fear of God upon you. Well, I'm not talking about every now and then you mess up. I'm talking about sinning. The fear of God is what's going to keep you humble as a leader. We have to have these qualities upon us. Am I wanting people to grow around me? Am I encouraging those around me to grow and become more than they were? Some of you say, well, all the people I know are go old and we don't have any growing left to do. I'm going to call liar. <laughs> Am I seeking a place where people can flourish? But not just that, am I seeking people that I give 
leadership positions too in my life, whether it be at the gym or at, in government or at schools or in churches? Am I seeking that they have the qualities of a good leader? Some of you are saying, well, I'm so upset with the way our nation's heading. Then stop electing people like this to the nation's co- government. Fear of God. Humble. With justice in mind. Am I seeking that? They say, well, I just, you know, good on social media and vote for the one who has the most likes. No. We have this wonderful responsibility here in the United States. Do your homework. Don't just rely on the news and social media to decide who you like for the next coming elections. Do your homework. Find out who they are. We want people that are humble, that seek justice, that have fear of God. Because that's what the Bible's told us to seek. And in its wisdom, it says this is the kind of person that will be the best leaders. And so we have to seek that as our next steps. We have to say, am I being the leader I need to be? Am I growing other leaders around me? Am I putting people in position of authority over me that have leadership skills? These are our next steps. Father God, right now I pray that you... You bring to light the qualities in ourselves that we need to grow. Lord, we want to be all about you, humble before you, with justice in mind. Father God, we pray that we be honest with ourselves and with you. Lord, I pray that we seek leaders that we look up to, that, that, that show us how to live this kind of life. Lord, I pray that we see the truth of those who are in positions of power, Lord, that you would help us to choose the ones that need to be chosen, that will follow after you. Lord, I pray that we may seek your face in all these aspects of our lives. Lord, I pray that you give us patience, but also uh, a strong, a strength to remain faithful until you come back and become the king that we're really waiting for. Lord, so we can no longer have to rely on human beings that are going to fail, but we, we're, we're waiting on you, God, to be that king. So be the king of our lives until you return and make up that new heaven and that new earth that we're so patiently waiting for. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We're going to go to a time of invitation, which is a time we invite you to make your new